everyone. Thanks for tuning into Power Athlete Radio, featuring the crew, where a former pro football player and a D3 all-star use strength and conditioning as an excuse to talk about anything but. Now here's John and Tex. Hey, Power Athlete Nation. Welcome to another episode of Power Athlete Radio. I'm John. I'm joined by Mr. Chris McQuilkin, a.k.a. Tex. Howdy. And we are doing another episode of questions from the hotline. Mm -hmm. So here at Power Athlete, we have this deal called the hotline where if you have questions based on our training, life, fatherhood, performance, old trucks, tires, motors, anything that has to do not with performance of sports and lifting weights and training and fitness, we answer those questions, but we answer a little bit of everything because we have such a varied like repertoire of knowledge. That's of, right. And experience, almost, John. Almost a plethora. Yes. But the, the big thing is the experience. Yeah, We've we been do. around the world a few times. Yeah. This isn't our first rodeo, to quote some people here in Texas. And what we like to do is we like to take questions from the hotline and we like to answer them here. And we have uh, one queued up. But before, I'm going to give you that number for the Power at the Hotline, 929-464-464. Zero. 929-ing-ing. Zero. Yeah. You can reach us. You can leave us a text message. You can leave a voice message. I actually prefer the voice messages because then I feel like we get to play them. We get a little interaction. Um, and we'll occasionally take some smoke signals if you know how to do that. Yes. And no pictures, please. Yeah. I, this goes to my phone. <laughs> so You're an idiot. You should have just got a burner phone. I don't know how to turn it off. <laughs> <laughs> well, the funny part was somebody I know called the uh, hotline and you answered. Oh, yeah. Connor Lynch. Oh, because the number pulls through and it's like, oh, block one coach, Connor Lynch. Connor, what's up, buddy? He's like, I'm calling for the hotline. Uh, not you. So I think it's even funnier that I just put out the phone number. So now people are going to be crank calling Mr. Chris McCoy. Well, I get them all the time. Now, if I don't recognize it, I ignore it. The problem is when I do. Uh, so that's how it goes. Uh-huh. So, well, we got one queued up. Let's answer it and let's knock it out. But before we do, um, I feel like there's an 800-pound gorilla in the room. I mean. Charles? What's changed in here, Tex? Well, the, I mean. We've taken it up a notch. We got another bottle of booze. Yeah, we did get another bottle of booze. Uh, I got my collection of dope skulls from things that I've harvested off this property. And uh, we did a little bit of a remodel, light little brush, a little bit of change here to Power Athlete Podcast Room. And Mm -hmm. uh, I think we've taken it up a notch. Yes. The first block. Yeah, that was, uh, that block was actually printed or stamped and forged at uh, Jesse James's uh, shop with his uh, gargantuan. It's like a 400-ton oh, press. Oh, it's pretty awesome. I can actually put a Pull picture a bit, of that you in can put the, the show notes. On. Yeah, so when we originally, or when I originally built the blocks, um, I thought that I could basically hot strike them, just heat them up and hit them with a hammer. It didn't work. So I had to go buy a 50-ton press. Uh, the problem was it wasn't in stock. They said they would deliver it. We were kind of stuck. And so I reached out to my fabricating lifeline to Jesse James, who's our neighbor up the street. Went over and uh, Jesse stamped a whole bunch of them on his gargantuan. And actually, that was the first one he stamped, and it double stamped. So I ended up welding up that block. Um, at the time, we wanted to do square blocks. And then when I realized that the amount of metal finishing that it required to make square blocks, now I just run them open and just basically make the corners. And... Uh, yeah, but that was that was the first block that we have. So I got some other cool skulls coming that are coming uh, via Mr. Rick uh, Maverick from Starling Gear. 
And then we got a couple other little pieces that'll tie the room together. So I'm pretty excited to get this thing knocked out. Yes. And you can tune in to our shows on the YouTube yeah. to see the video. And also on Spotify. So if you are a video guy, check us out. If you're listening to this and you just enjoy the sounds, come check us out on YouTube. Get a chance to see what the new podcast room looks like and see how we are taking it up a notch. Uh-huh. Uh, I'd like to see who, who's going to outdo us because I feel like people are going to because this is just, it's been pretty good. It, it, it was a lot of work, uh, but I'll tell you after seeing it today and getting to look at the cameras and everything and the setup, I'm pretty excited, especially to get everything all tied together. Uh-huh. It looks great. And if you... One thing I do enjoy is we put up YouTube clips from the shows. Mm. So if you're not into that long form, you just want bits of John, <laughs> just a piece just, of you. Just small little bits, just tiny, tiny little bits. Uh-huh. It's kind of like a birthday cake. You know, sometimes you want a big slice, sometimes you just want a sliver. So are you saying our Power Athlete Radio clips are like the cupcake of cake? Uh, we're more like the donut holes. We're the, oh, and I do I'm, miss donut holes. And I'm not much of a donut person, but I do... I'm not mad at the donut hole. Yeah. Shipley's, those used to be the jam. I haven't had one in, shit, 25 years. Ah, uh, man. Do you know how hard it is to find gluten-free donuts? Uh, I don't because I've never tried. Mm, man. Um, yeah. It's uh, just better just to throw out the donut food group and replace it with the pork rind. Oh, food dude. Group. You got me hooked. Man, so uh, we were looking for like low-carb, um, like, you know, just easy snacks, you know, that wouldn't mess with blood sugar. And they make, um, Epic makes these really dope pork rinds. And then there's another company, I think it's called like 4045. Baked, yeah. Oh my God. They they do these pork rinds. Like a, I basically added pork rind into a food, food group. group. <laughs> I'm like, we got meat group. We got pork rind group. We got vegetable group. We got, you know, like I go through my food groups and pork rind has added a new element there. Just don't dig on swine. That's all. So, and the other one we've added is um, my daughters are big kombucha drinkers. So they go and they get that GT kombucha stuff. Now they make alcohol or higher uh, alcohol version. Dude, I told you about this over a year ago. So now when the kids are like, hey, can we get a kombucha? I'm like, only if dad gets one of his kombuchas. Yeah. It's, so it's great. I, it's, I was never a kombucha drinker, but then we found these like, uh, you know, the ones with the little higher alcohol and I'm all in. Uh huh. My so pork rinds in a kombucha. That's Shit. a hell of a, that's like my Friday night, like we're going to uh, like sit down. So my kids are like, uh, what is it? The Flash. So it's basically all CW shows, like the, the Flash. You're going to need a lot of beers. And uh, the other one that we've been watching is uh, the show called Kung Fu on the CW. And uh, the kids are like, sit down and I'll be like, let me get some pork rinds and I'm going to have a kombucha and we're going to hang out and watch some really quality television on the CW. Yeah, my favorite kombucha beer it's called mama bear they used to have it at the whole foods next to you but then for some reason don't care anymore but mm. uh yeah central market's got it mm. it's a texas base to believe they're in dallas but sweet just good go-to well uh as you guys tune in this is um you know kind of take a mental kind of uh inventory of the room we're gonna have a couple changes coming at you with as things start getting added so i'm really excited to kind of pull it all together but for the most part I think it uh I think it came out pretty cool. Oh yeah. You ready for some questions? Let's do it. All right. <clears throat> hey John and Tex, it's JT, longtime listener, second time questioner. Mm. I recently had a friend share an Instagram post about life after athletics and the athletic identity, which got me thinking. As a former university basketball player, 
I know this all too well. The feeling of what do I do now when my athletic career was over? The identity that I had created for myself over the years of hard work and dedication that it took to get to that point was now gone when I was unable to play at a high level anymore. The transition both physically and psychologically was probably one of the toughest transitions of my life. And looking back at it, I realized there was no guidebook or roadmap to navigate those times. What are your thoughts on the next steps an athlete should take when they come to an end of their career in sport? Uh, JT. Wow. Um, I think the one thing that doesn't get talked about enough, or at least most athletes don't really take inventory of, is that at some point your athletic career, your competitive athletic career will come to an end playing football. So, um, you know, like I know guys that were, you know, good basketball players and played at high level and still go play pickup a couple nights and they have a men's league in here. And I know guys that, you know, uh, played baseball and still play in some softball, you know, leagues and, uh, you know, lacrosse and whatnot. Like there's every sport, even like competitive swimming and master's track. I mean, there's something that allows you to continue to scratch that itch as you go on. Mm-hmm. Uh, the one is not, is football. Like once you get done playing football, it's, you know, and, and I've, I've seen some. I've seen some guys go out and play semi-pro. Uh, one guy I went to college with, like, is still playing semi-pro in his forties, but he also never got a chance to play in the NFL and really was a turd in college. And so now him trying to relive what he didn't accomplish when he was in his youth is now a semi-pro deal. Is kind of, I mean, admirable and sad in the same way. But you know, that's the one crappy thing about football is once. You know, you take that last step and you, you know, strap it up for the last time. It's not like there's something you get to do to continue to do it. So, um, you know, he continues to play basketball. And I would say, you know, if this is what your identity was, continue to do it. Yeah. Uh, For me, um, I always enjoyed lifting weights. I enjoyed the training aspect, Um, you know, all the fight training and, you know, the boxing and all the other stuff that I used to do early on and did during my NFL career. I still do those things. Uh, the one thing which is sad is I don't get to strap it up and go fucking try to beat some dude's ass for three hours. Uh, so I think you have to kind of transition your mind in such a way that you can find other pursuits or other things that you're competitive with. Um, uh, you know, I, and I'll, I'll tell you, I really think that was why the explosion of CrossFit happened because for the most part, if like, let's say you're an athlete, you get done playing college sports, like what do you compete in? Uh, is there still a way to continue to scratch that itch? And especially in fitness, what were people doing? They're doing a triathlon. They were running a marathon. Like, while both of those are fucking awful, uh, it gave people a chance to be competitive. And then you bring in something like CrossFit, and now you get a chance with Olympic weightlifting and a few other things to really get in there and and compete. And there's, you know, you're competing every day in the gym. You have local throwdowns, local throw-ups, depending on how you look at it. And, you know, obviously, um, you know, the greatest Ponzi scheme in the world, the CrossFit Open. Um, just genius in a lot of ways. And so I think being able to scratch that itch and have something competitive and something to compete with and places to go do it is really building that community and ever so important. So uh, I would recommend to not step away from competition. If this is what your identity was and this is what you you know have always done, continue to do it. But you're going to have to look and say, if this was my singular focus, now I have to focus on other things, like I have to focus on family and a job and being a real human being and not just being a self-absorbed athlete. Yeah, I took this question and viewed it as two. Like you mentioned the competition. 
So where you are putting some skin in the game at the highest level that you can compete within that's available or your abilities. And you presented some options there. And the second is leaving the sport. You don't have to leave the sport. Yeah. If you, even if you're a 23, 24 year old graduate, there are infinite numbers of summer camps or opportunities, especially with major sports like basketball, baseball, and finding your niche if it is like lacrosse or flag football or just a quarterback's camp. So you don't have to leave the sport. It just won't be you. And you have now an opportunity to give back and put the kids and the youth that you work with in a position where you probably didn't have this individual. Maybe you had this good coaching staff, but hell, man, few and far between with the amount of baseball, basketball, and sport athletes there are, sure. there are less coaches. So, man, enter, enter back into the sport. Find a YMCA or find somebody who is looking for quality people first that then happen to coach basketball. Do you think coaching scratches that itch as an athlete? For the, the games, I certainly still get, get into the games, do the strategy, but... Man, I... Uh, but th- I, I, he, that's the option I have. I played men's league lacrosse, and dude, it, is, it sucks because, as this is disclaimer, it sucks in Texas because I'm playing a bunch of ex-club ballers, so it, it's, it was sloppy, it was uh, slapstick, and where I want to set up an offense and run and play the game. No, nah, there's or pick up basketball. Exactly. If or so we got live transitions. I would get off the field if it was appropriate for me to get off the field. And then when it's time to sub, guys would then just start jogging and like, dude, it's a let's play full speed. If we're gonna play, let's play. Yeah, well, so I mean, that, let's fucking do it. Let's do it right. That was more frustrating. Sure. And I get uh, I'd rather play the game proper uh, or well, I always think too when you play, sport. Um, when that happens, there's more chance of injury too. I mean, the like the uh, the only time people ever get hurt is when somebody's not going full speed. You know, like there's always like that shit always happens. Like in practice, you know, hey, like there's a, a a full speed practice tempo, and all of a sudden people are playing at different speeds. That's when people get hurt. Or somebody's trying to be a fucking hero, dude. No, let's pick up. Yeah, this is. I understand this is your Super Bowl, but. Yeah, let's get out. Yeah, it's uh, you know, we do. Um, I always believe that uh, those who can play, those who can't coach, which was <laughs> kind of a. Well, just you're a, not wrong. I was just, not good. Just a fucking dig, but for the most part, I think uh, there's something rewarding in giving back. Um, I chose to do it with you know strength conditioning and performance mm-hmm. and weightlifting. Um, you know, I've had the opportunity to go out and coach. I don't know if I would go out and coach football team, but I would go coach individual athletes on how to play offensive line play. And how to just be really good at, at that, you know, f- little small position. So I think that's the exciting piece. But um, you know, there's people that you know, guys that I played with who are you know NFL offensive line coaches, and uh, I was like, man, I can't believe that you guys are doing this job after we saw it from this side. The fact that you guys have decided to go do this absolutely blows my fucking mind. Like Hank Fraley, who is our center in Philly, he's a you know offensive line coach. I forget where he's at. He might be at Minnesota now. But man, like, you know, for him well, to... Well, JD found, he yeah. found a path through coaching. Yeah, and, and, and they do. I mean, dude, there's like Mark Colombo is another guy, you know, a contemporary of mine. He's a offensive line coach. So, I mean, a lot of guys have gone into doing this probably because they figure this is all I know. 
you know, and it was an easy transition. I still get to live the life. I still get to involved in the NFL from another side. I get pension. I mean, there's, there's a lot of reasons to do it. Um, but you know, at the end of the day, it's a, it, it's a tough life. It's definitely and, very transient. You know, adding a di- layer to this where we said competition, sport, skill, yeah. and this is something you've done well. And then we've, we had a number of podcasts on not afraid to be a white belt again and learning to do all these certain things within the shop and beyond. Yeah. The, uh, the always be a white belt mentality is a really interesting one because it takes and requires the first step. Like, you know, I mean, and there's a fucking million, uh, analogies and, and cliches of like, uh, you know, a journey of a thousand miles starts with a single step. And we used to run into this all the time where people be like, Oh, you know, I want to come train with you, but I need to get in shape before I come here. Like that's, I, I heard that one the other day. One of my buddies was like, I was like, man, you need to start lifting weights. He's like, man, but I'm not strong. Like I need to go do something before I come train with you guys. I'm like, wrong. Just show the fuck up. Uh, but I won't be, I'm like, everybody sucks. Like that's why you're, you know, it's day one. The problem is, and I, I always love the, um, imagine you'll be a year from now when you started today. You know, you'll well, be best, a year from now if you don't start two, wishing you started a year ago. Yeah. The two times best to plant a tree 20 years ago and today. Yeah. Yeah. The, uh, the, I have a pretty dope piece of oak that I have and I sanded it down. We took it in and we got it printed. It'll be over my shoulders. One of these pieces that, uh, one of my favorite quotes was, uh, you know, a society will grow great when old men sit under tree or what was it? Old men plant trees. They know they'll never sit under, which is a Greek proverb. So, uh, society will go great when old men plant trees. They know they'll never sit under. And, uh, I think about that all the time and it's kind of a good analogy, like plant trees. Okay. Like physically plant trees. Yes. But at the end of the day, uh, you know, many trees are planted, whether it's having children, whether it's influencing people, whether it's, you know, doing, you know, podcasts like we're doing, you know, you're doing something to influence somebody, you're planting a tree. And while you might never reap the benefit or see the effect, it doesn't stop you from doing it. Yeah. And, uh, if you're searching now for an identity, I would suggest the route of a Jack Street or a Field Strong or the Academy. Well, and let me let me get it. there. So the because I'll I'll lead you there, John. Because I know twenty four year old lead me to drink. Chris McQuilkin, post athletic career, stumbled upon a little thing <laughs> called CrossFit football. Yeah, and then it led to posting on the posting weights seeing other people that are also, because we used to put heights and weights and yeah, humidity. Getting verbally attacked. Uh, uh, that was Dr. Bo- or, I know. Uh, I, I, Professor Booty would be like, the precipitation is 24 degrees. The temperature is this, the barometer, and he used to list all that shit. Nerd. And then people would be like, look, look at the nerd herd. <laughs> you know? Uh, but yeah, then it was finding a community of like-minded individuals that appreciated yeah. the heavy, hard, fast that was no longer available with sport which then eventually led to traveling the world and then now meeting other coaches to then empower the youth and our block one network is an amazing thing i always think of ourselves a lot like mormon missionaries uh you know where it's like just two dudes with like cain yeah like cain and abel or cain from uh kung fu Uh uh-huh where we'd like fly into a place you know we didn't check luggage like you take everything you're gonna need for a few days in a backpack because we had early on a bunch of luggage issues so at that point it was like if it can't fit in the backpack don't take it uh go simple go anywhere yeah walk the uh, earth meet people get adventures yeah get adventures 
and show up to these amazing places and teach the gospel of CrossFit football. Uh huh. Teach the gospel of power athlete. I also, and we we've brought a lot of John's former teammates onto the podcast, and we're not going to bring my friends on there. But there is often weekly calls or check-ins at least, and man, do not leave your former university team behind because mm. you still have that bond, that connection where you can get out of it. Even though you don't get the opportunity to strap up or you know tie the laces up, they're still there, man. And you still got the memories. And I'll tell you, the, 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 the wins are going to get more grand. Your efforts are going to expand. Your losses are going to get forget about, like forgotten about. But at the same time, like the, I'm sure you had some shen- shenanigans out, JT, like those star stories are going to get even funnier. Yeah. No, I mean, the, uh, hopefully all stories grow in magnitude. Uh, yeah. yeah. I mean, if you give them enough time, it's like growing trees. You plant that seed and all of a sudden it grows big. And uh, I think that's what the fun part is. And a lot of times maybe the stories are just fantastic. And as you're telling them, you're like, man, if I heard this story, if I wasn't there, I don't know if I believe this one. Well, I've told a couple and then shared with teammates and then my, my sport coach who had to deal with the repercussions, like the repercussions i don't know repercussions repercussions of our school president who definitely had it out for us and mm. just apologize double secret probation oh my god it's so much fun and now i'm telling like laughing up the stories and yeah. he's still coaching and been through a few school presidents but none were like that that you know like uh you know shake shake the fist pledge pin yeah none none like that now it's you know walking on eggshells and, and yeah. being too safe and he would well, you know he would comment like Back when boys could be boys, kind of deal, but yeah, the uh, uh, the woke movement has destroyed higher education, and for a lot of different reasons, just there's no more shenanigans, like cheeky, funny <laughs> shenanigans. No, like shenanigans that are cruel <laughs> and tragic. Uh, but yeah, man, there's plenty to to hold on to from this. Just because it may be your game day is over doesn't mean the the experience the flow and the friendship has to be true no it's uh it's an interesting realization the day when you wake up and i remember um you know the day my like you know retiring from the nfl i remember uh i came home from you know working with the patriots and uh you know came home had knee surgery and kind of rehabbing and you know kind of thinking like man maybe i'll come back and play and then all of a sudden your knee's not responding as well and now all of a sudden it's almost a year to the day where now all of a sudden your knee is responding the way you needed to and realizing you missed your window and having that like interesting realization of like something that I had a singular focus since I was 14 years old and now I'm in my you know early 30s has just ended and like this has been the trajectory and uh you know really like the guiding you know north star for everything like why you wake up in the morning why you eat a meal why you do this why you do this Everything is based upon the timing and this North Star of like, I need to be ready to play and do the job by this date. And this is, you know, you kind of have this schedule and you live off of this. And then all of a sudden you wake up one day and realize I got nowhere to be, nobody looking for me and nobody expecting me to show up anywhere. That is like, uh, I don't know if it's exciting. Like in hindsight, I look back and I was like, man, I should have just gone and bought an Airstream and driven around America and like lived in national parks for a couple of years just to like, uh, you know, decom or decompress from what I did, but um, I had this really just kind of tragic feeling that I didn't want to be another behind the music of the NFL, where like, oh, you know, so and so was broke after two years, or you know, these you know poor guy, you know, did this job and you know it took him ten years to find you know. Um, so when uh, when I got hit up by 
you know, Greg Glassman about helping CrossFit develop their technology and how to train athletes, I thought, you know what, this is an incredible opportunity. And, um, you know, when I, and I remember as I was, uh, my brother was pressuring me to go back to law school and I had, you know, my LSATs had since expired. So I had to retake LSATs and reapply. And I was kind of going through that process and I thought, ah, oh, this might be interesting. This, I think this CrossFit thing could be kind of big and decided to take a detour in that. I always wonder how differently my life would been if I had just said, no, I'm going to go to law school and I'll, you know, go work with my brother and be a criminal. So I very well could have been a, a, you know, a lawyer in Southern California working with my brother and his firm and doing that. But instead, here we are talking about power athlete radio and influencing people and got a really cool chance to go travel the world and influence tens of thousands of people. Powerful stuff. Yeah. It's, uh, you know, life's all about decisions. And one thing you can't do is it's not like a choose your own adventure where I can go back 50 pages and choose a different one. I think you have to, you know, not look back and say, Hey, you know, this is direction I'm going. This is what I want to do. And this is fulfilling. And, uh, I'll tell you this, uh, when we started the podcast, I had never listened to a podcast and didn't really understand the power of a podcast. And it was actually Callie Hinsman who was like, these podcasts are going to be big. I know you think it's stupid, but this is something we need to do. And me trusting in her, we started doing it. And before it was just a couple dudes huddled around a mic and those early ones were really shitty. So to see where we came with, you know, 500 podcasts to really evolve to this point is pretty neat. Um, I think that's kind of why I liked Vin Diesel's speech in uh, knockaround guys, you know, 500 fights. And it's funny. I posted it on my Instagram. Uh, we got our movie rec for today. Ah, uh, dude. So I posted that clip on my Instagram because it was ironic and just kind of funny coinciding with 500, uh, episodes, episodes on podcasts. And, uh, I had like all these fucking people, like you shouldn't read the comments, but like people were like generally upset. Like this is the worst monogram or uh, a monologue. And, uh, and, and uh, you know, any real tough guy that grew up in the streets would know this is... I'm just like, fucking settle down, Francis. And then that one dude who went to IMDB and was like, you know, like trying to like nitpick things. And I'm like, first of all, get a fucking life. Just watch it, laugh about it. And like, it was like... Like watching it 20 years later, it's kind of ridiculous. But when I saw that movie in the movie theater and he dropped that line, I was like, fuck, dude. Like I, th I mean, at that time, Vin Diesel was fucking cool. Oh yeah, the I saw Triple X in theater. Yeah, he 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 was cool at midnight, uh, dude. Uh, all like the Riddick movies were badass. Uh, Pitch Black was badass. I mean, there were some things, and then all of a sudden, he just kind of jumped the shark with all the Fast and Furious movies in a car. Uh, literally, yeah, well, he literally jumped a shark in a car, uh, not wearing a leather jacket like the Fonz. But um, man, like Vin Diesel was a fucking badass, especially in that knockaround guys. And was John? Well, I mean, the movie still exists. <laughs> I kid. I, I uh, But, like, dude, that was a legit... And, like, that wasn't a great movie. You know, it did have um, John Malkovich in but, there. I mean, you know, so, I mean, it had some heavy hitters. But, like, that... I, I tell you, that monologue is really the best part of that movie. I mean, 500 fights. To, yeah. We got to look at the story behind a, it. A legitimate tough guy. I mean, it's fucking good. And the problem, though... Uh, and I, dude, I've, I caution people this all the time is, uh, you know, and I uh, was thinking about one of the block one guys where I think we get ourselves into trouble is when we analyze the past with the lens of the future. So when we look back and like history is there as a guideline, it's not to be changed. 
uh, you know, we can look back and sit on our high fucking horses, but at the end of the day, it's meant to be there as a reminder of how, you know, how to progress and what not to do, what to do. It's there as just a, a, a North Star in a lot of ways. And I think what's happening all too often is people are trying to look back with the lens of the future and analyze the past. Oh, look how terrible this is. Well, shit, like those people were working with the information they had. Why are you judging them based upon, you know, how they acted in the past? And like uh, I saw Seth Rogen posted something where he's like, you know, um, like he was fucking uh, calling out comics, you know, saying uh, that joke didn't age well. I was like, yeah, but you laughed at the time it was dropped. Why the fuck are we going back in time and now we're analyzing this stuff? Fuck you. Can't do it. Yeah, can't do it. Don't analyze the past with the lens of the future. Just let it live in the past. Well, man, that's that's powerful for JT. So that, man, leave, leave that career behind. Yep. But at the same time, man, feel good about it. But how can you find the competition, found, find a way to get back to the sport or if it was the skill and the process that you appreciated over your athletic career, what new skill can you take on to fall in love with? Well, I mean, um, um, you know, longtime podcast guest and, you know, one of my oldest friends, especially in this space, Andy Stumpf, posted a really good thing that, you know, when he left the SEAL teams and, you know, had been a, you know, high-level SEAL for a number of years, really found, uh, like searched for something that was like really fulfilling for him and whether it was, you know, jumping out of planes and parachuting and squirrel suiting and all this crazy shit. It wasn't until he got into Brazilian jiu-jitsu and got into that did he realize the competition and the community and all the pieces of that, of like being able to compete and really like that has helped him uh, in his transition, you know, from being a, you know, high-level SEAL and, and all the shit he was doing. I mean, you know, like he had like what the longest recorded flight in a squirrel suit. I mean, he's done some really amazing stuff. Um, but it was actually getting involved in Brazilian, uh, Brazilian jiu-jitsu and finding that community and that competition has really helped him, you know, has been very cathartic for him after leaving the SEAL team. So I think finding something to channel and challenge yourself, and I think that's why CrossFit was so big. Um, just it provided people opportunity. It was a place to go. It was somebody looking for you. It was competition uh, and that community aspect. So I would say as you get out, you know, realize you got to continue to grow as a human being. You got to find a new career, do things that are both exciting for you, but you still have to find something that allows you to uh, develop your athlete, uh, you know, develop as an athlete and continue to challenge yourself and find community and all these other aspects and continue to be who you are. You know, um, all too often uh, when we would have people come train with us, I always ask them like, what are you really good at? What's your wheelhouse? And uh, this was, you know, true with offense alignment, especially playing the NFL. I had a very unique skill set, and there were things outside my skill set that I worked on, but I never abandoned the things that made me me for things that I was working on. You know, the age-old thing, like, you should only train the things that you suck at. Um, that's somebody that's never competed at a high level. Because when all of a sudden the bullets start flying and shit gets serious, you're going to revert back to who you are. So if uh, you're a big punch, big hit, you know, real violent dude then you know what? When things get tough, that's who you're going to go to. Now, if you're a big finesse guy, I mean, in terms of offensive line play. So when it comes down to you understanding who you are as an athlete and then being able to channel that and then continue to add on to it, I think you'd be in a pretty good place. Asked and answered. Boom. Very cool. much so. Well, thank you for tuning in to another episode of Power Athlete Radio. See you next time. Bye. Now it's time for you to empower your performance. 
Head to powerathletehq.com backslash training to choose from a number of programs to meet your specific performance goals. And if you like to break a mental sweat too, visit academy.powerathletehq.com and become a real stakeholder in you or your athlete's success. Until next time, bye!